quick reminder, guys, that this is an older episode and it does not currently reflect the state of BG Mania, a video game music podcast. We're simply re-uploading it because after I moved to Anchor.fm, it disappeared and we want it cataloged. Thanks. BG Mania, a video game music podcast for September 4th, 2019, is made possible by Level Down Games. Check us out over at leveldowngames.com for the latest reviews and brand new episodes of both BG Mania, a video game music podcast every Wednesday, and Max Level, a video game podcast every Monday. On with the show. BG Mania, a weekly video game music podcast brought to you by Level Down Games. I'm Brian, joined as always by I don't have an intro because it's a composer deep dive, and Frank the just deep doesn't diver himself. Frank just doesn't hold a candle to the guy we're going to be spotlighting today. It's Frank, <laughs> the deep diver himself, Frank. I don't, I, think, I, I, I don't think it's the deep diver. <laughs> we're, we're, we're talking about deepest pizza, right? Uh, if, if, if there's any type of deep diving that you do, yes, it would be with deep dish pizza. Yes, absolutely. For those just joining us, what we like to do here at BG Media is challenge ourselves to never play the same track more than once, except for special occasion episodes, which will always be announced in advance. So you're always guaranteed, always guaranteed to hear something new, something fresh and something exciting each and every week. Almost uh, screwed that up. If you're new to the world of video game music podcasts, you are in for a treat. But for all the veterans that may be stumbling upon our neck of the Lost Woods for the very first time, Frank and I definitely tell more personal stories about the games we play music from and about the tracks themselves instead of constantly diving into music theory and breaking apart each track instruments at a time. As always, we hope you enjoy the episode we have lined up for your listening pleasure today. Don't forget to head on over to Apple Podcasts or you're listening to us and leave that five star rating and a review so we continue to climb the charts in terms of search results. I absolutely love these episodes, Frank. Every quarter, we always pick a composer that we really enjoy and explore their entire life's work. Like we start from the very beginning and go up to modern time if if we're able to or until like the the last thing that they composed if they're no longer composing in the industry. So today, even though we don't normally talk about music theory and break tracks apart and we tell more personal stories, a good chunk of the games today we don't have a lot of experience with. I have probably maybe half for me, maybe half that I have experience with. And I know, Frank, you are significantly less than that. I have half of my own picks. I have no idea about, about your side. 
I guarantee you don't have any from mine. You might have <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah, you, you might have like one, but I guarantee that it's not going to be many. So we actually really enjoy doing these because it gives us a chance to explore a different side of the podcast and really Absolutely. focus on a single composer and their life, which is important because we get to learn more about them. Like, you know, we're, we're doing Noriyuki Awadare today, and I'm a huge fan of his work because of the JRPGs that he's worked on, like uh, Growlancer and... Grandia and all of these things. Uh, Langrisser, like he's done a lot of great stuff. Phoenix Wright. I didn't know a lot of the other things that he did, though, and specifically things about his life that when researching this episode, we were able to find those things out. And that's what always makes it fun for me. So I really do think that uh, we're going to have a special episode today, as we always do when we do these composer deep dives. So, yeah, I mentioned we're doing Noriyuki Awadari today. And Noriyuki Awadare was born in Matsumoto City, Nagano Prefecture, Japan, on April 28th, 1964. He began to compose video game music after years of being involved with university bands, and also, fun fact, is the original composer of a lot of the music that you can hear in the Tokyo Disney Resort theme park. So we actually made a lot of that music that you can hear in there, and you'll kind of listen, if you listen, you can kind of hear influence in a lot of the tracks you're going to hear today they do kind of sound like something you would potentially hear in a theme park he's good at that style of music as we always do for these episodes everything is going to be in release your order so we're starting at the very beginning of his work and going through the end as i said so the opening track was my first pick and that comes from a game known as wings of war w-o-r and that was the title screen music released January 25th, 1991. Originally, that was over in Japan on the Sega Genesis. It's a scrolling shooter, and I am not familiar with this game at all. I don't uh, even know me about as, it. Me as well. Um, I looked up video. I'm just about every video, though. at least the ones that I, I have no idea what Brian's tracks are. But I looked up video on each one of my games and Wings of War was one of the ones I saw when I was doing research. It looks interesting. It does look interesting, but I've never played it. I have not, not even a fleeting glance of it prior to me doing the research. Because never because like a lot of games you may have seen them played or you may have seen them like in a Nintendo Power or some kind of magazine. I had no idea what Wings of War was. Yeah, and there wasn't a um, there wasn't a Sega Genesis version of Nintendo Power. Like you know, no. there there wasn't like a, a Genesis does or something. I don't know. I'm just trying to play off that whole thing that they did back then. But we mostly just had to stick with like GamePro and EGM and that kind of stuff to get our Sega Genesis Master System and later Genesis console news. But you mentioned something while we were listening to that that I think is really interesting because the name of the game is Wings of War. And you're like, Brian, I feel like I want to go to space while listening to this. And it really does have that like going on an adventure, exploring other worlds type of a feel to the track. It does. It's definitely like an old timey war track, but it has something to it, like more like more of a fantastical is the world for more of a fantastical feel to it. Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely agree with that as well. Yep. Absolutely. All right, man, let's move on to our second song on today's episode. And it's another one of my picks. I had the first two because I had the first two in uh, in release year. And this comes to us from a game known as War Song. The name of the track is Player Phase Number Two.
that was player phase number two from Warsong, of course, composed by Noriyuki Awadare. That released April 26, 1991 on the Sega Genesis over in Japan. It is a tactical role-playing game, and it's actually part of the Longrisser franchise. In Japan, it's known as Longrisser The Descendants of Light. But for whatever reason, when they released it in English, they changed the name and called it Warsong. Every other game after that was known as Langrisser here in in, uh, in North America. So this is the only game in the Langrisser franchise that didn't actually have the Langrisser name here in English, which is kind of weird. But it's similar to Fire Emblem in nature. So if you've played Fire Emblem, you have a general understanding of the way that Langrisser is, I guess, controlled. But I absolutely adore this track, dude. It's so freaking good. <laughs> It definitely is a Genesis track. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Just hearing it uh, it has that that, that feel to it. It it could have fit in in a Sonic the Hedgehog for like a a really cool zone. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I could totally hear that. The whole time listening to it, I'm like, why is this familiar? Why is this familiar? It's not. It's just it's just a feel that you get off that chip. Yeah, it's the it's the Genesis feel. I mean, obviously, a lot of Genesis tracks do sound somewhat similar. And I think that's a blessing because the Genesis has such a undeniable uh, tone and it's so recognizable and it's really, really cool. Uh, the soundtrack for Warsong also had Isao Mizoguchi and Hiroshi Fujioka uh, assisting Noriyuki Awadari on there. So that's actually pretty cool. They did several tracks. And this particular track, Player Phase Number 2, because I am familiar with Warsong. This is a game that I've actually played. It's the uh, opening battle music, and it takes place at your like your base, your camp, the the castle that you start out in. And what's cool is that Noriyuki Awadare is still active in today's modern gaming scene. He is actually working on the soundtracks for the Android version of Longrisser. This particular game is getting an Android release soon, so he's redoing the soundtrack for that. But he's also working on the soundtrack for the upcoming MMORPG on PC for Langrisser, known as Langrisser Schwarz. So he's still out there doing stuff to this day, which is really cool. It's really only working on a couple things here and there, but at least he's still active and still composing music, and we're still getting new stuff from him in 2019. That's pretty cool. It wouldn't shock me if you told me he had like a track in Smash Brothers somewhere. Oh, he does. Absolutely, he does. Oh, of course he does. Why doesn't he? Every, yeah, he, every, he every, absolutely every, does. He absolutely every composer, does. Every composer does. <laughs> uh, yeah, he absolutely does. You know, I'm going to take you to a, a nice, fun little game that I've never played, but I am aware of. I actually am aware of this game. Um, and then I have some fun facts for it when we come back. This is the battle music from Blue Almanac. was the battle music from Blue Almanac, uh, which came out in Japan, June 22nd, 1991. We wouldn't see it here in the States until 20 years to the day, 
June 22nd, 2011. Isn't that How crazy? cool is that? How cool is that? It, it, it was uh, released on PC here when that actually, uh, when it came out here. Now, uh, the game itself is, uh, that's the best way to describe it, a futuristic role-playing game. Very much, very much so like uh, Fantasy Star. Yeah, that's what I've heard about it, because I looked into it a little bit when you submitted your list, and I've heard a lot of people comparing it to Fantasy Star 2, to be exact. Yeah, and that's why I know about it, because my buddy is a nut job for the Fantasy Star games. Like, okay. we, 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 all have, we all have our series that we love. That's his. Uh, and he's like, yeah, this is like the, it's right there, the same kind of thing. And he, he has it, he played on PC. I've seen this game. I had no, it, it didn't even click with me until I actually saw the cover when I was doing the research. I was like, I know what this is. I actually know of this. Uh, and of course, I picked the one track in the game that wasn't composed by him. I had to pick a new one. I know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Yeah, that was funny because um, Masaru Suzuki was also yes. on the soundtrack. And that's who you, uh, of that's, course the, it was. That's, that's the composer you had actually picked. <laughs> yeah. uh, but the reason I like this track, and I'm kind of spoiling you a little bit for something's coming up, has a very Mega Man feel to it. It really does. And you know what else? You know, this is a, another Sega Genesis track. And really, our first eight picks or seven picks are all from the Sega Genesis. Noriyuki Awadare was a, a great Sega Genesis composer. He was pretty much everywhere on the Genesis. He was elsewhere as well. But really, a lot of his work is found on Sega consoles. But to me, this feels like I know it's battle music, but it almost feels like bonus stage music. Yeah. I can see that. Like the like the sonic bonus music or really even I heard a lot of influence of like Super Mario Brothers bonus stage music in that as well. It has a very uh, and I always get these like I feel a little bit like Airman from Mega Man 2. Yes, I can also hear that as well. Yes. And that's why I love this track. It was my it was my instant alternate. I think when Brian goes, no, you got to pick a new track. I had him to him in like, what, 20, 30 seconds. Oh, yeah. No, it was it was it was fairly <laughs> quick. I, yeah, I, 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 I pulled so much music for, for him because I went deep into this category, this, these uh, games to the point that some of these games Brian's never even heard of, which is cool. I yeah. like I actually like surprising Brian. You know, yeah, you, he knows you actually he, he knows you a actually lot. have <laughs> you have a track coming up that um, I, I had not even heard of like from a game that I've not even heard of. So that was actually really cool to me. And there's there's several things that I get to experience for the first time on on this episode, just like you get to experience a lot of my tracks for the first time. But what I like about doing this deep dive into Noriyuki Awadari is that, you know, I'm familiar with him, as I said, from the beginning of the show, from like the Grandia stuff, the Longrisser stuff, the Growlancer stuff, the Phoenix Wright. But he has a lengthy catalog of music from games that, again, as Frank just mentioned, we've not heard of. So it really allowed us to discover a lot of new things and add it to our knowledge as well, which was always fun for me. Yeah, in fact, uh, I can't wait for you to hear this next one. I've been hyping Brian up for about a week now. I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah, I, I absolutely adore this next track. It doesn't have an original title to it, uh, but it has a good feel from the game Steel Empire. This is stage five dash two.
And that was stage 5-2 from Steel Empire, which came out in 1992. Yeah, March 13th to be exact over in Japan. Yeah. Um, no official date because you know how things were here in America. You just get your game when you get your game. Yeah, ex- exactly. I, I pulled all the, the, the first dates for, for my research because that's the order I put the tracks of in. Of course. But uh, in 92, yeah, or I'm sorry, in, in North America, it was just 1992. That's all it says. Uh, so this is a steampunk-inspired, side-scrolling, shoot em up uh, It's you know, it just like I was telling Brian, like the Mega Man games are set in like 20XX or 21XX. This is set, you know, in 18XX. Is it, a, is it, is it an alternate, like, reality type of a thing oh, or oh, alternate absolutely, universe? Absolutely. Okay. okay. Uh, there's like Zeppelins flying around with, uh, with like flying battleships or everything is steam powered. Uh, you are from the Motorhead Empire. So obviously <laughs> the Ace of Spades. <laughs> l- l- let me bless us all. Um, yes, exactly. Exactly. But it's cool. It's very, very German inspired. Um, it's, it's, it's just it's such a cool looking game. I was telling Brian, I would love to go back and play this, but I don't know how well, you know, this game's almost 30 years old. I don't know how, yeah, how well the game would have been. But the almost. music, man, that bass line just carrying you through the whole thing. Just... That is was literally my favorite part of that track. That bass line was so epic. Like, that's a that was a fantastic track itself. Like, I really enjoyed that. Definitely the strongest thing I think we've played so far today. And uh, will certainly be tough to beat as we continue to move forward. But wow, yeah, that baseline was incredible. I really, really, really was digging that. And it's crazy. Like, keep that in your mind when you listen to other tracks because there's such a disparity between like what he does. Like, there's so, he has such an eclectic set of music. Like, he he, he does stuff like this. He has nice slow songs. He's he's all over. He's all over the place, and everything is awesome. Yeah, that that's why I really like him, man. Like, he isn't a like. He, he is known and I would I would venture to say he's well known, but he definitely isn't like up there near the top. But when you look through his repertoire of music and everything that he's worked on and composed, he really is very versatile and just makes amazing music for everything that he's worked on. It's pretty impressive. I mean, you think of other people out there who are like this composers out there who I, instantly, I hear the song. I instantly know it's them. Um, and not in a bad way, but like like Tim Fallon. Yeah, I I figured Tim, I, I could tell you a Tim Fallon song in like three or four beats because they because they all pretty much sound the same, but they're different. I, I didn't feel that way when I was going through this catalog. Obviously, there's little things here and there, but most of the stuff just seemed original, and I really really liked that. I, this is really why I love these deep dives because a lot of these games I never would have looked into. Like, you know, for a radio hour, I would never would have picked one of these tracks because. These, these, these are things just out out there in left field and then some, uh, but it's great. Like I have some things coming up that I just I really can't wait for you to hear. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. He, you're, but you're right, though. He doesn't actually have like a style or like a distinct thing that separates like that where you can say, oh, yeah, that's definitely where you Dare. There's a couple tracks I would be able to pick out instantly based off of franchises, but that's just because of, of my knowledge that I know he works on those franchises. If I didn't know that, it would be hard to differentiate him from anybody else because he is so, like I said, he, he composes in such a wide variety of stuff. But that also makes him very cool. I like that a lot. It is cool. I love it. Did you know we do more than just BG Mania here at Level Down Games? For those who are unaware, we do a weekly all-purpose video game podcast known as Max Level every Monday morning. Featuring myself, Frank, Sean, and Kyle, the four of us talk about the hottest topics in gaming that week while discussing the games we've been spending time with over the past seven days. Not only that, but we detail the new releases for the week, including a fun Metacritic guessing game. 
Speaking of games, if you're into trivia, Bonus Stage is a competitive segment where Sean, Frank, and Kyle compete against one another in a series of five questions to see who is the champion for that particular week. Max Level is always a lot of fun and entertaining while still providing the news you need to know on a weekly basis. Not only that, but the latest reviews, impressions, reaction videos, and podcast episodes can be found on our main home on the internet, and hopefully one day yours as well, leveldowngames.com. I guess we're going to go with repeat on the old Frankster right here, huh? Yeah, you got one more before we uh, before we get back to my picks. Yep. All right. So um, from another game that spawned a hell of a lot of games from it or with it in this series, this is stage two, the Purple Sea from Glalancer. And that was stage two, the Purple Sea from Glalancer. Um, I misspoke there earlier. I was completely wrong, uh, which is an oddity, of course. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> the oddity. <laughs> uh, Glalancer was a one-off. There was no actual series of Glalancer games. Um, in fact, the game really should, shouldn't be called Glalancer. It should be called Greylancer. Yeah, I actually noticed that when I was doing a little bit of research myself. Uh, this is a... a case of just mistranslation and it yeah it should have been gray lancer <laughs> it, it happens uh i do believe they uh they call what they call that english english yeah english is yeah. like what, what what they say like if something gets mistranslated from japanese to english yeah absolutely um another rocking sega genesis track though that came out uh, july 17th 1992 over in japan I was not familiar with this game either. I had not. I had never heard of it. So I don't know if you pulled up any video on this one, like when you're doing your research. But this one looks fun as hell, too. Yeah, it's another uh, like side scrolling shoot. Sure. Like he, he composed a lot of music for that genre. He did. Then again, those were really strong games on the Genesis during that era. So it all makes sense. It was right time, right place, right guy to do it. <laughs> a- absolutely. Absolutely. And again, that track also had another like pretty epically rocking bassline kind of holding the entire thing together 
So what I looked into for for this particular track, I, I found an interview with uh, with Noriyuki Yawadare, the guy that we're doing a deep dive into today. And he said that when he composes melodies, he still uses a pencil and paper while doodling on the piano or guitar. Other times, he takes a walk and sings some melodies to figure out what works. When he makes arrangements, he normally works things out on the piano. However, he usually has a clear image of what sound he wants to go for at that stage. And I thought that was kind of neat. So he gets a lot of his inspiration from just kind of like walking around, which is kind of Where the like, hell is he? Where the hell is he walking? Well, I, I don't know, but <laughs> <laughs> I really don't know that. I can't answer that. But it reminds me a lot of like how Nintendo works, because you hear like when Nintendo composers and, you know, designers like Shigeru Miyamoto, they get a lot of their inspiration from just literally walking around through nature. And I believe um, when we did our Yoko Shimamura deep dive, she also had mentioned that she gets a lot yeah. of her inspiration from from real life things and walking around and just doing things out in, in the world. So it is kind of interesting to see a lot of these similarities between composers and co different companies all coming together. Like, I, I thought that was pretty interesting. Let that be a lesson to everyone here. Don't be like me sitting here playing video games all the time. Get out and take a walk. And then maybe mix my mixtape would be awesome because, you know, I'd be, I'd be composing the fire, yo. Yeah, you know, Jessica and Jessica and I actually started um, going out on 30 minute walks once a day. Uh, after dinner, uh, we didn't do that yet today because we're recording after dinner. But we will we will do that later. That's my fault, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm personally killing Brian. No, you're not killing me. But we weren't able to uh, to do BG Mania on Saturday like we normally do. So we are doing it on a Sunday evening. But yeah, I don't know. It's just you know, as I always say, I am in the studio. 90% of the time. So it's kind of nice now that we started doing this the past couple days to get out, walk around, you know, again, 30 minutes at a time, just going around the block, going different places. It's been fun and just spending time together. That's actually been really fun. And, you know, more exercise is never a bad thing. So <laughs> never a bad thing at all. But all right, man. Yeah, it's time to uh, it's time to move back to my picks. I have uh, two coming up before we get back to yours. And the first one here is a game that is uh, only a Japanese name. So I apologize if I mispronounce this one. From the game Maten no Sumetsu, this is Airship. <laughs>
And that was Airship from Maten no Sumetsu, composed by Noriyuki Yawadare, that released December 29th, 1993 on the Sega Genesis. It is a role-playing game. And Frank and I tried to figure it out while listening to the actual music. It doesn't actually translate to anything in English, so I have no idea what the English translation of the of the name would have been had it released here in North America. But we don't have to worry about that because it only, you know, is exclusive to Japan. Um, this RPG is known for being very, very difficult, like supposedly one of the hardest games on the Sega Genesis to release in Japan. And that <laughs> kind of excites me because I wish I would have been able to play it especially because it's an RPG. So I'm sure that even though it may have been challenging, I'm sure I would have really enjoyed it. But I found out a a fun little fact that uh, this game is also known for having very clear PCM audio. And PCM audio stands for pulse code modulation. It is the digital uh, representation of sampled analog signals and supposedly is one of the better sounding Sega Genesis games. And after listening to the soundtrack, I can kind of hear what they mean by that. It is a very crisp, very clear sounding soundtrack. And it's actually really cool to hear. Like, I like that a lot. Honestly, if you didn't tell me the name of the title of this, I would have guessed it's either been an airship or an overworld theme, just based on what I heard. Oh, absolutely. Air- airship music is very distinct. And actually, we did an entire episode did. on airship music earlier this year. If you want to hear additional airship music, you can go seek that episode out. It was sometime in January, February of 2019, where we really it was actually January. I think it was the second or third week of January where we uh, where we took a look at uh, 16 different airship music tracks and everything, even though they were different, they all still had the same type of feel. This fits very much in line with that airship feel. It's crazy how, you know, it's just one of those things like you can always tell a water track. You can always tell this. It's perfect. I, I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And Noriki Awadari just, I mean, you know, this is the only airship piece of music that I listened to from him. I don't know if he has any additional out there. Uh, I'm sure that he does because he's worked on so many other Japanese role-playing games. But this is the one I listened to in prep for the episode, and I really enjoyed it. I think he did a great job with this one. So uh, very good. Very, very, very good. But I have another track coming up that I think that, Frank, you are really going to enjoy. And of course, as I mentioned, we are sticking with the Sega Genesis. This is our actually, uh, this is our last Genesis track of the episode, actually. So after this, we'll be moving on to different platforms. Still some Sega stuff here and there. But yeah, this is our last Sega Genesis track. From Langrisser 2, this is Knight's Errand.
And that was Knight's Errand from Langrisser 2, composed by Noriyuki Awadare. That came out August 26th, 1994 on the Sega Genesis. It is obviously the second game, the follow-up to Warsong, actually, again known as Langrisser over in Japan, that uh, is another tactical role-playing game. And also features Isao Mizoguchi on the soundtrack, who, if I'm not mistaken, yes, was also on the Warsong soundtrack. So Noriko Adore and Isao Mizoguchi returned to do the soundtrack for Longresser 2, which is actually pretty cool. And they actually released an arranged version of this entire soundtrack on October 26, 1994, and it was put out by Toshiba EMI over in Japan. A very, uh... Like, the name of the track is Knight's Errand, so it's a very, like, regal, knight-feeling type of a track. And that's K-N-I-G-H-T, you know, like, yeah, yeah, I, 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 Knight to the Round Table type stuff. I, I thought it was, I was more like a battle theme to me, which makes sense if you're, if you're the Errand Knights. I, I would have a feeling that this is, and I've never played that I feel like two. it's a war song. I mean, probably, oh yeah. Play, God, play on word there. Play, yeah, yeah, you tried. <laughs> they don't always land, but I try. I think that this is probably a battle theme. It probably is. And it's very good. It's very good. But yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I get that. Like I said, I, I don't really know. It's it's like, it isn't medieval, but it, it's very knighty, very epic in that style. And I like it a lot. That was, that was a awesome track. I was tapping my toe to that one, to be honest. Yeah, he like I said, man, he and again, there was another like pretty awesome bass line. So I guess if like we were so far bringing anything out that is his style is that he can make a killer bass line. <laughs> it's awesome. I, I live yeah. for the bass. No yeah. Um, yeah. But we're going to finally move on now from the Genesis. Do you know what time it is? Um, it's Morphin time. Oh, no. uh, 7.55 actually. Yes. Uh, my track is from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie, the game, for Game Boy. This is Goldar Stitch.
And that was Goldar Stage from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie, the game for Game Boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you have an official release date on that one? Because all I have is August 95. August 95 was all I was able to find as well. Okay. Oh, all right. Yep. Um, for people who are unfamiliar, Goldar was one of Reader Repulse's uh, henchmen, who, the guy who looked like a wolf, who wore like the, the big armor and stuff and the wings. Yeah. Yeah. Did you play this Game Boy version of this game? I I have not played the Game Boy version of the game. I played, I believe this also came out on Super Nintendo and Genesis around the same time. Yes, I, I found out that the this version of the game is very similar to the Super Nintendo version. Which I've played is, them both. I've played the Super Nintendo version. I've played both of those. Um, I was actually into Power Rangers at this time. I was a 13-year-old boy. I was starting to fall out of Power Rangers around this time. I was nine, but Power Rangers, like, I, I used to watch it early 90s. Like, I, that's probably when I was like... This is the, this was the tail end. Yeah, this is definitely tail end. So I was already, I had already kind of lost interest in Power Rangers. I had moved on to other things, other interests, but I still played this game because... Like what? At nine years old? Heroin? I mean, it is, it, it is Ohio. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was about to make that joke myself, but then I, I stopped myself because I didn't want to insult our awesome Ohio audience. O-H. <laughs> I-O. <laughs> No, I don't know, man. There's just a lot of other interests I had at the nah, time. Nah, and nah, 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 that, 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 that was a great childhood years for us. There's lots of cool stuff at that time. So, yeah, I mean, you know, just and getting ready for the Nintendo 64. They, that was all over Nintendo Power at the time because it was going to be coming out in a year. So just I, I, I moved on to other interests and other things. But I played the Super Nintendo version and this was an OK game. It wasn't great, but it was OK. Yeah, it was, it was just all right. Yeah, but the soundtrack is excellent. It is. This is another one of those games where like just like um, like Ghostbusters for the NES. OK, they left yeah, the, they left at the black character. Why, why you got to do a brother dirty like that? Come on. <laughs> Zach was an important part of this team. He He's actually was. He actually was yeah. a very, a very pivotal part of the team that uh, was not there. <laughs> it's just not there. <laughs> But I really like this soundtrack because not only is Noriyuki Iwadari on there, but Hitoshi Sakamoto is also on the soundtrack for the Game Boy version and uh, other versions as well. And Hitoshi Sakamoto, another fantastic Japanese composer that worked on several other JRPGs that I am absolutely in love with, like Final Fantasy XII, to be exact, and Final Fantasy Tactics. Like, these two coming together to make the soundtrack is pretty special. So the whole thing is pretty good. We all have photos on our phones or cameras or posted to our social media accounts. But when you get that perfect picture and you want to turn it into something real that you can see every single day, PosterBurner.com can turn your photos into amazing prints. Imagine walking into your room and seeing that perfect family photo or vacation picture on your wall. Or if you need to get a gift for family or friends, there's nothing in the same price range that is going to be as impressive and meaningful as a custom print. PosterBurner.com is easy to use, it's affordable, and the quality is truly top-notch. They make amazing posters, and when they say posters, they don't mean those flimsy posters you see in stores. This is super thick, premium photo paper, and you can get a 24 by 36 movie-sized poster for under $20. They also make premium canvas prints, metal prints, decals, stickers, banners, cell phone cases, and more. Do you want that perfect artwork you recently saw of your favorite video game character on your wall for everyone to admire? Now's the chance. Or better yet, what about something you personally designed and worked on, blown up, and hanging above the sofa in the living room? 
anything is possible with PosterBurner.com. Just don't order a movie-sized poster of Frank and put that on your wall. You don't want to scare people away. <laughs> Go to PosterBurner.com forward slash BGM today and you'll get an additional 10% off of your order. That discount applies to every type of print that they offer. Again, that's PosterBurner.com forward slash BGM. I got a game for us that never came out here in the States. Ooh, okay. I'm excited to hear this one. This is, a, this is another one that I've been waiting for. This track is called The Black Curtain. This is from Monstania. And that was The Black Curtain from Monstania. Uh, came out September 27th, 1996. Japan only. Yes, Japan only. Yep. And this this is our first um, Super Nintendo track. The Actually, the only Super Nintendo track we're hearing today. Yeah, I I, I really did want to get something, you know, just from his... Every, that's why I tried to pick the Game Boy game as well. I wanted to kind of just jump around because uh, we could have stayed in Sega the whole way if we really wanted to. We absolutely could have. There was there was more than 16 games on the Genesis I, 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 that we could have picked from. I also, gra- also grabbed a PS2 just to grab a PS2 game. Um, oh, I, got, I got a PS2 as well because uh, I wanted to right. have it. Yeah, there, there's, a, there's a very specific game I definitely wanted to make sure was included. But looking into Monstania while listening to that, first of all, I want to talk about the track. I really like that. That actually... It might not be better than the Steel Empire track you played earlier, which I th- I would argue might still be the f- best track we've heard so far today. Um, Knight's Errand was pretty good from Langrisser 2. That was, probably, that, was a good track. that was probably the one that gave it um, the closest competition. But I think this might be more enjoyable for me in terms of music than both of those. I really like what this track sounds like. And I also like being that this is a Super Nintendo game and a Super Nintendo track. You have that like that. I, I don't really know the the way to describe that sound effect that happens throughout the, the music, but it's very much reminds me of something that we hear in Super Mario World that and, okay. and if, that uh it's, it sounds like the Yoshi, like jumping on a Yoshi, that that sound effect that persists throughout the track. I heard that. OK, OK. Yeah, that, that's what I'm talking of. And it, it reminds me so much of like Super Mario World. It's that mountain dismount sound that you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It really does sound like that. Even though that's not it, it sounds very similar to it. Uh, 
just looking into this game, because obviously I didn't play it because it's not in English, uh, it looks absolutely everything you would love in an RPG. The characters look very much uh, like they were made by Akira Toriyama. Yeah, I'm, I was looking at it while we were listening to it. it. It's very much a game that I wish I would have been able to play. Uh, I, I really wish this would have been localized. And it came out so late in the Super Nintendo's life cycle, September 27th, 1996, as you mentioned. The uh, Nintendo 64, if I'm not mistaken, was already available because it came out It came out a couple days prior here in North America in September of 1996. Now, I don't normally advocate emulation, but there are English ROMs that you do want to give this game a chance. I think it's one of the few exceptions I'd be willing to make. Because I you also, I agree with that in that I, I believe for older retro consoles, if a game was never localized in English, playing a, a localized ROM, I have no issues with. I think it's fair because this is something I actually want to check out. It looks absolutely amazing. Like I'm enamored by how good this looks for a Super Nintendo game. But it makes sense, though, because it was at the very, very end. I definitely want to check this out. But I also uh, looking at this here, uh, it's known for being very short like this. It's, it's known for being a short game. I have a video up here. It's a full playthrough, uh, three hours and 40 minutes from start to finish with with credits for a strategy role playing game. That is incredibly short. That is incredibly short. I'm wondering if that's uh, maybe it's trying someone try to do a speed run. It's, it's I pulled up a long play and it's three hours and 40 minutes. So. No, that, what, I, what I'm saying, <laughs> what I'm saying is that the, the game is known over in Japan as being very short for the genre. So that sounds like three, three and a half hours. Sounds like it's probably the entire game with nothing skipped. And that's actually fairly disappointing. <laughs> so, yeah, playing playing a ROM of this, it would be would be certainly interesting, especially if you could really finish it in a couple hours. But I, I'm curious to why it ended up being so short. Like, I wonder if maybe the budget got cut or if because it was so late in the cycle, they wanted to quickly move on to the Nintendo 64, whatever this team was. I don't know. I they have no idea. On, they were working on part two for the N64. Like, we got to get this one out now. We can't. Part two. <laughs> exactly, man. Exactly. But speaking of part two, you actually uh, gave me a great transition there because we are going to go to a second game in a series. And we've only played one track from this particular franchise in the past, even though there are several, several, several games in this uh, in this entire series from Lunar to Eternal Blue. This is Blue Spire.
And that was Blue Spire from Lunar 2 Eternal Blue, composed by Noriyuki Awadare, as everything is today, as we're taking a deep dive into his catalog of music. Came out July 23rd, 1998, and that was released on the Sega Saturn as well as the PlayStation, but that particular version is from the Sega Saturn soundtrack. It's a remake of Lunar Eternal Blue, which itself was a sequel to Lunar Silver Star Story. Like I said, there's a lot of games in this franchise. There's a lot of remakes, a lot of sequels, um, and several other games as well. We actually played a track from Lunar in the past that uh, was actually in our, I want to say it may have been either, either it was in our emotional episode or it was in a radio hour leading up to our emotional episode where I was playing one emotional track per radio hour. It was one of those two. I can't remember exactly which one it was, but it was the um, the boat music from Lunar, which is a beautiful track as well, also composed by Noriyuki Awadari. But Lunar 2 obviously being a sequel to Silver Star Story, it's another role-playing game. And the Sega Saturn version of this particular soundtrack has much better quality music over the PlayStation version, thanks to that PCM encoding that the Saturn also uh, had, just like the Genesis when we talked about it in the uh, Mata no Sumatsu airship music track earlier on in the episode. So that postcode modulation is still here in the Sega Saturn. Noriyuki Awadari said that his goal was to produce music that contained a high degree of originality when compared to both the previous game and role-playing games in general at the time. While the original game's music represented a number of styles and genres, Awadare purposely narrowed his range of composition to give the songs a unified feel. The soundtrack is one of Noriyuki Awadare's favorites that he has ever worked on to date. Like, he still thinks the soundtrack to Lunar 2 Eternal Blue is some of his best work, and it's his actual favorite one that he's ever worked on up through now. And in fact, the first award he ever won was in the Lunar franchise. It wasn't for this particular game, but he won the Best Game Music Award for the Sega Genesis version of Lunar the Silver Star back in 1991. And I thought that was pretty cool. That is, that's pretty cool. Uh, I like that song. That's Like you said, he does slow, he does rockin'. He's all over the place. Yeah, and I definitely wanted to make sure that we had one slow pick on the episode because he does have a lot of slower stuff out there. And I really enjoyed this one. The drum in particular in the background is some of my absolute favorite stuff I've heard on the episode today. The way that the kick drum is and then you have that snare hit followed by the tom hit like it and it just sounds like it. it reverberates through the soul almost man like I could feel that when it whenever I don't know if that's actual like real instruments or if it's samples I'm not 100% sure because that's not something that I'm an expert on but who, whatever that is like when it plays I can literally feel that in my bones like it is a very good thing I like that a lot yeah it kicks man it's like it's like a heartbeat you actually you feel it yeah absolutely so fantastic track and really a beautiful piece of music for what is it, a dungeon theme like that that plays in the blue spire which is a dungeon in the game so it's very very cool i would love to check this out because again i've never played lunar 2 eternal blue i would absolutely love to check this out at some point in the future uh just to see how it is man because again that doesn't sound like dungeon music brian i'm I'm officially adding it to your backlog (laughs) i have way too much stuff in my backlog but i would love to get through like some of these uh, Japanese role-playing game franchises that I've not played all of them from. You know, I've played a couple games in the Lunar series, but I've not played them all, so I would love to. Just like, like I'm trying to do now with the uh, Legend of Heroes series. I'm trying to go through every single game. So, it, it's a tough challenge. It really is. 
But I have another track coming up, and it's actually the reason why we scheduled this deep dive into Noriyuki Awadare and the time that we did. And I am so excited for you to hear this one, Frank. From Grandia 2, this is fight version number three, otherwise known as Middle Boss Battle. That was fight version number three, otherwise known as Middle Boss Battle from Grandia 2, composed by Noriyuki Awadare. That released August 3rd, 2000 on the Sega Dreamcast, and that particular version of the of the music is from the Dreamcast version. It came out a couple years later on January 28th, 2002 on PlayStation 2, which is where I actually played it. But I've heard that the Dreamcast version is distinctly better. Like, and I and I would love to see why. Like, I actually played the version on PS2, and I still own the version. I own all three Grandias on PS2. Did he compose both? He did. He worked on both, yes. But I've heard that the game is better on the Dreamcast than it is on the PS2. The music is very similar. But yeah, he, he again, it's all just CD-based audio at that point. So, but what an awesome, epic, freaking battle theme, dude. Like, I love this a lot. 
it kind of starts out very Power Rangers almost. <laughs> yeah. Like you kind of hear that when the when the track first starts out. But then it kicks to this instrument that I wasn't able to place. I don't know exactly what that instrument is, but oh my God, like just that it persists throughout the melody. It's very good. Uh, I would love to know what it is. If you know, feel free to, to leave us a comment or send us a message on social media. You can definitely tell us because like I said, we are not experts when it comes to uh, instruments, except if it's like your basic rock instruments, like bass, my, my, guitar, my guess drum. Is the, my guess, I have a guess of the theremin. Let me know if I'm wrong. I'm probably wrong. Yeah, yeah I have, I'm not sure. But Grandia is one of my favorite Japanese role-playing game franchises that, you know, we will never see another one of, as we've talked about in the past, because the creator of Grandia passed away and they don't want to, you know, continue the series without his vision behind it, which I totally respect and understand. But this particular soundtrack for Grandia 2 was designed around the idea of creating a more mature product than the previous title, Grandia 1 as well as the first in the series to feature fully three-dimensional graphics in terms of the gameplay. So that's actually pretty neat. But like I said, the reason why I wanted to do this deep dive into Noriyuki Awadare at this time is because the HD remaster of this and the original Grandia just released on PC and Nintendo Switch back on August 16th. And it is actually based on the Dreamcast releases. They are not based on the PS2 versions. They are based on the Sega Dreamcast. So I I do own this. I have yet to play it, but I am looking forward to jumping in and playing through the Grandia and Grandia 2 remasters uh, whenever I have some free time, which who knows when that'll be, but I would love to do that soon. And Noriyuki Iwadare actually won another award for the Grandia franchise. He won Best Game Music for the Sega Saturn music of Grandia 1 in 1997. And in the Dreamcast category, also won Best Game Music for Grandia 2 in 2000. So he did win an award for the soundtrack. That's awesome. I mean, because uh, trust me, as soon as the track kicked in, I was like, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, this is a fantastic battle theme, dude. And it's so cool. Like, you know, we've heard so many battle themes throughout the uh, the history of BG Mania. And every single time, man, they are very epic, very rocking, usually. And it's always good stuff. It really is. Now, uh, I teased it a little earlier uh, that I spoiled you. Um, Mr. Awadari definitely worked on a Mega Man game as well. Yeah. One game and one track. <laughs> Literally one game, one track. Um, so from Mega Man X7, this is Hire the Air, also known as the Air Force Man stage.
And that was Higher the Air, the Air Force stage from Mega Man X7. Came out October 14th, 2003. Uh, like Brian said, the only track he did for a Mega Man game ever. Yeah, and the, the only game he worked on in terms of Mega Man, the only track he composed for that. I thought that was really cool. Uh, this soundtrack has a ton of composers on it, like nine different composers. Yeah, and this is actually, I've played Mega Man X7. Uh, this is the PS2 game. This is a cool stage. Is it? Yeah, I've not played X7, so I'm not familiar with this stage at all, or the game entirely, so. I think the guy's name was like Windcrow or Windcrowman, something along those lines. Uh, but it was, it was pretty cool. I don't know if you're a big fan of the X games, but the X games are all right. Like, I'm more of a regular Mega Man game, but this is one of the better X games, in my opinion. I only played a couple of the X games. I played one, three and four, I think, were the only ones that I actually played in terms of Mega Man X games. I also am more of a fan of the original Mega Man games like you are. And uh, the Zero games are quite good as well, but which we are getting that legacy collection for Zero next year. So which I have to get. I yeah, need, I need it. looking forward to that. But I really like this piece of music. It definitely has it, it's very Mega Man, obviously, because it's in a Mega Man game. But it's also very like you can tell it's a air based theme. Like it, it has that feel to it. It, it, it had that, that, that instrument again, which I'm, I'm guessing now is a synthesizer. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious if that is the same instrument that we heard there in the in the previous track, in the Grandia track, because it sounds similar. It might be different. I don't know. It definitely sounds more like a synthesizer here in Mega Man X7, but it didn't quite sound like a synthesizer in Grandia 2. So I don't know if it's actually the same, but it very much might be. It very well could be. I don't know. But great pick. I really like that a lot. I'm taking full credit. Yeah, that, that was a good one, man. That was a really good one. All right, Frank, I want to talk about something special that Level Down Games gets to be a part of. For those who are unfamiliar with Kyle, you can hear him weekly every Monday on Max Level, as well as catch his streams at twitch.tv forward slash Bruce underscore deduce every Tuesday, Thursday, and either Saturday or Sunday. This month on the 21st and 22nd, he is hosting a charity event on Twitch with several different streamers involved. So far, it's around six or seven, with potentially more set to be announced at a later date. And some of them are even verified with significant audiences of their own. They'll be raising money for the Las Vegas PBS Special Needs Library, as Kyle himself is a pediatric doctor of physical therapy in Las Vegas. We encourage everyone listening to participate in the Streamworks Alliance charity stream this month on September 21st and September 22nd. Information can be found by going to leveldowngames.com and clicking on Streamworks Alliance in the menu bar. We'll see you then. I'm excited to move to my next track, though, man, because it's it's something that is pretty special, not only because I really enjoy this game. It's definitely one of my favorite games that Noriyuki Awadari composed the music for, but because of all the the backstory and the lore behind this particular track. And I'll explain all that when we come back after listening to it from Radiata Stories. This is the incarnation of devil Radiata version.
And that was the Incarnation of Devil Radiata version from Radiata Stories, composed by Noriyuki Awadare. This came out January 27th, 2005. It is a PlayStation 2 game. It's another action role-playing game. But I mentioned how there's an interesting story behind this particular piece of music. And anyone that is familiar with Japanese role-playing game compositions may have picked up on that track. So this was developed by Triace and published by Square Enix. This is actually important because prior to this game, all Triace developed games were composed by Matoi Sakuraba. However, to keep things in line with the development team's tradition to refer back to their previous games, Noriyuki Awadare rearranged and recomposed three of Sakuraba's original compositions. The Incarnation of Devil is one of them, which is also featured in Star Ocean 2, Valkyrie Profile, and Star Ocean 3. The other two are Mission to Deep Space, which is found in the same three games, and Highbrow, which is only found in Star Ocean 3. So this is a Noriyuki Awadare rearranged version of a Matoi Sakuraba composed track. And I thought that was really interesting because I never knew that all Triace games had the same composer until Radiata Stories, that they always used Matoi Sakuraba. This is the that's first time that they didn't. That's pretty freaking cool, Ryan. Yeah, this is the first time that they didn't. So this is actually really special for me because I am very familiar with this piece of music and I actually had forgotten that it was in there. But I had never put two and two together that, holy crap, this is actually from Star Ocean. Like, I've heard this in Dockery Profile before. You know, all fantastic games that Square Enix should get off their ass and stop sitting on. Like, you know, put out more Star Ocean games and make them better. Put out more Dockery Profile games. Yeah, just do things. Exactly. You know, make another Radiata Stories because it was a fantastic game. Final Fantasy IV Remake! <laughs> Final Fantasy sixteen. Like, all of these things. Like, just do stuff. Man, what are you doing? Just do stuff. Just hire more people and do stuff. And stop just not doing stuff. Stop taking forever. You bastards. Yeah, man, this was really cool. So I, I like. I always like when we get to hear a different composer's take on somebody else's work, and that's really cool to me. Uh, Brian, I want to talk to you about Poster Burner for a second. <laughs> uh, I actually, uh... that that was that 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 was that was actually a couple tracks ago. Frank, you missed it. Yeah, you, you, you missed you missed our posterburner.com forward slash BGM ad. You know, Brian, I got a nice one here that if you make fun of me for the title, I'm going to smack you upside your goddamn head. I mean, but the title does accurately describe you. So you made a it doesn't because I'm very, very uh, much about the, the hygiene and cleanliness. You made a great pick. You made a great pick to represent yourself on BG Mania this week. From Phoenix Wright, Trials Tribulations, it is Frank, the man who is very well endowed and has a lot of personality. <laughs> That's not the name of the track. <laughs> Is it Larry Butts when something smells? It's usually me. That's it. There we go.
and that was Larry Butts. When something smells, it's usually me from Phoenix Wright Trials and Tribulations, which came out August 23rd, 2007. Oh, what a stupid name for a track. Why is it called that? Well, Larry Butts is the, the client. I know, but when something smells, it's usually me. Why would like, why is that in the he's name very, of the he's song? A, he's, a very farty, he's a very farty and flatulent man. I guess so, because his name is Butts, B-U-T-Z. I honestly picked it because it had the longest title I could find, and that's just a running joke between me and Brian Howe. These games always, you know, these Japanese games always have just crazy long titles. So. <laughs> it's a funky freaking track, though, dude. Like, that is a very funky piece of music. I like that a lot. Again, it's a completely different thing that, you know, this is not his norm. I don't think he has a norm. <laughs> Yeah, he does it, and that's what makes it so. That's what makes Noriyuki Awadari so exciting is that you you never know what you're gonna get when you actually go into a uh, a game soundtrack. So it's actually pretty cool. And uh, this is the third game in the Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney series, which is a series that is very very good actually. I was mentioning to Brian, and I didn't even notice this. Uh, I always make fun of him. Well, for a litany of reasons, you know, looks like a woman, and mm-hmm. yeah, he's an, he's an idiot. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I have nothing right now, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, you never you. I, that's true. You have nothing. Because I, 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 I don't make fun of you. Your pants. You have nothing in your pants, Brian. <laughs> I, I leave divots behind me in the ground while I walk. I'm just I'm just dragging this thing around. That's just because you're fat, Frank. First of all, I'm not fat. I am festively fit. <laughs> festively plump. Okay. And bullying is a serious thing. You shouldn't be doing this to me. Okay. Fest- I, have, I have feelings. Festively plump. Okay. Like a like a uh, like a Thanksgiving turkey fattened up before dinner. Yes, I'm a nice goose. <laughs> but these Phoenix Wright games, I I always make fun of them for playing these visual novels because I find them to be things that you know 16 year old girls would play. Sure. But uh, I played a lot of Phoenix Wright games and they're all visual novels, so I'm sorry, yeah. Brian. You should be. Uh, because this is a jerk. You know what? I take it back. Visual novel no, games can uh, be quite fun because I'm it's not, all I'm about. I'm not sorry. That's you, Brian. <laughs> it's all about the stories, man. And the stories in Phoenix Wright are fantastic. Like that's what's exciting about these games is that you know you're not doing anything else in them. You are just solving cases and getting the story presented to you. That's why it's a visual novel, and you're making your choices and going through and moving on to the next panel, the next series of events. But. They have some great stories behind them, and that makes visual novels fun to me. So I like that a lot. But I, I do like that track, man. I really do. All right. Uh, so I'll go, I'll go to my next track while I'm at it. Yeah, you have you have your last pick coming up. We have two tracks left, and uh, y- yours is first because mine is the latest in the episode today. Well, after you've made fun of me, this is where I want to send you, Brian. Okay. Um, see, see, I get, I get to force my transition. It might be, it might be kind of, might be kind of, might be kind of fun down there. Trust me, it's where you're going no matter what. <laughs> yeah, I'll be waiting okay. for you. Well, actually, no, you'll be waiting for me. You know, yeah, absolutely. I'm gonna be dying Tuesday. So, <laughs> from Kid Icarus Uprising, this is Hades Infernal Thief.
And that was the Hades Infernal theme from Kid Icarus Uprising, which came out here uh, March 23rd, 2012. Um, I hate this game with every fiber of my being. Why? I did not have any enjoyment from this whatsoever. That's surprising to me, you being such a big Kid Icarus fan. I love Kid Icarus. Kid Icarus 2 is one of my favorite games of all time. Why didn't you like this? You just didn't like it, huh? I... It was on rails, for the most part. You were constantly moving forward. Um, I, just, I didn't like that whole having to play with the stylus thing. It just it was too out there. It's kind of the same reason why I don't like spirit tracks and, and such. Okay, uh, I, I, I can understand I, that. I, I don't like the the control. Like if if this was a regular just, you know, I, I didn't even figure out. But if you only go forward, we're only moving one plane. That's fine. But don't move me. Give me give me some more control. Let me do my thing. I would have had a lot more fun with this. The, the only lasting legacy this game has in my the collection is I still use the uh, the stand that came with it to hold my DS up when it's being charged. Okay, yeah, I forgot. It did come with a stand. I forgot about that. Yep. But the track itself, again, listen to that. It's completely different what he did, and it's my kind of music. It's the chance. It's the very evil kind of orchestrated. Yeah, you had the violin in there. So beautiful. I love you made it. A, you made a joke about the whole like Sephiroth from like Final Fantasy seven. Yes, it, it does sound like they're saying that. I am curious to know what they're saying. It's not Sephiroth, but I'm curious to know what they are actually it saying. Could be, it, it, it could be cherubim. It could be any, it could be any kind of order. It could be a, anything. Se- yeah. Se- seraphim, any kind of order of angel in general. Yeah. Like it's really cool. Uh, Noriko Iwadari did a really good job with this particular track. And the first time, well, no, not the first time, the, yeah, it is the first time we're hearing a 3DS track because um, the Phoenix Wright track before this was, was just regular DS. Yeah, regular DS. And I, I did a lot of research on this particular track because it's actually another interesting case. Only a few tracks were composed by Noriyuki Awadari for uh, Kid Icarus Uprising. This is an all-star cast of composers for Kid Icarus Uprising. Not only is Noriyuki Awadari on there, but we have Matoi Sakuraba. Yes, we do. <laughs> we have Yuzo Kashiro. Yeah. <laughs> we have uh, Masafumi Takada, Takahiro Nishi, and Yasunori Mitsuda. Like, these yeah, are cause, uh, cause, all cause excellent again, composers. Because again, uh, I, I just, in my, in my fervor, I saw, hey, he composed this game. I'm going to pick this track from this game. And of course it wasn't him. No, I think you had actually picked him a Toy Sakuraba track. I, abs- I absolutely did. Yeah. Uh, but I'm but I'm glad that I messed up because I got to, I, I, I got to dig deeper and actually find the ones that belong to him. And I, li- I love this track. So, yeah, it, it, it was a, it was a happy mistake that was rectified in seconds. Matoy Sakuraba was the lead on Kid Icarus Uprising, and he was kind of in charge of putting everything together. So he wanted to use composers that had contributed prominently to Super Smash Brothers Brawl on the Wii. So he actually pulled all these guys together that helped him out with Smash Brawl and they made the Kid Icarus Uprising soundtrack. So I thought that was actually really cool. And the music involved both live orchestral music, synthesized tracks and tracks that combined both musical styles. Noriyuki Awadari was asked to create memorable melodies, but found creating suitable tracks was difficult because a lot of his initial pieces that he submitted to Matoi Sakuraba got thrown out like they didn't actually use them. So he got a little discouraged and actually had a, uh, a hard time composing music for Kid Icarus Uprising. According to Yasunori Mitsuda, the live recording of music spanned seven full sessions, estimated wow. by him as being the largest scale musical production for a video game to date at that time in 2012. Um, Noriko Iwadare, obviously, we, we just listened to it, the, the, uh, the Hades Infernal theme. 
had mixed choral, circus, and violent elements to both symbolize Hades' contrasting attributes and distinguished him from Medusa. So that's why you have like that mixed choral, a little bit of circus feel, and just some like epically violent stuff going on there as well. There's one thing we love here at Limited Games, it's epic violence. Oh yeah, dude. Epic violence for sure. Yep. Always, always a good time. Always a good and time. Video, and video games, I guess. Always a good time. <laughs> uh, I do have the, uh, the pleasure of closing out the episode this week, though, because my pick comes from the latest in Noriyuki Awedare's career that we're looking into. I went to June 9th, 2016, so four years after your last track, and we are actually still on the Nintendo 3DS, though. Because I went to the sixth entry in the Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney franchise known as Spirit of Justice. The track we're going to listen to to close out the episode is Mr. Ryu's The Masked Magician, which is a it, it does kind of have like a a magician-y paranormal supernatural-esque feel to it. You even mentioned a little bit of like Doctor Who. Yeah. So this is a uh, this is a really cool track, dude. I like this one a lot as well. I just, like I said, I like, and well, uh, Twin Peaks, you said. It's like, it's just. You found a bit of that, yeah. Yeah, like just all these different things that, you know, all of like Doctor Who, Twin Peaks, those shows themselves have a paranormal, supernatural feel to them. It's cool that this particular track, which kind of sounds inspired by that, also borrows from those same uh, themes. And it's pretty cute. Uh, I almost said I almost said cool like Cartman. Pretty cute. Didn't mean to say it like that. <laughs> I don't know why it came out that way, but it almost did. So yeah, we're gonna close out this week with uh, Mr. Ryu's The Masked Magician from Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney Spirit of Justice. But uh, I had a lot of fun, Frank. I think this episode turned out to be phenomenal, and I kind of knew it would be. I can't wait for our next deep dive. Uh, three more months. Yeah, we'll be doing another deep dive in December, as we always do. We always do uh, March. June, September, and December. Those are our four months that we do a uh, a deep dive, and it's always a lot of fun. I, I'm not going to spoil it who we got coming up in December, but uh, he is a another mega star in the world of video game music, and it's going to be a lot of fun getting to explore his, and I already kind of gave away that it's a guy, but uh, it'll be fun kind of exploring his music as well later this year, so that's going to be a lot of fun. But yeah, that's going to bring us to the close of the show this week. Unless you have anything else you wanted to discuss before we get on out of here. Brian, I think we said it all. All right. Well, we want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of BG Mania made possible by leveldowngames.com. Don't forget to submit tracks, ideas and requests for future episodes to BG Mania at leveldowngames.com. Also, shout out once again to posterburner.com. And do not forget to head on over to posterburner.com forward slash BGM to get an additional 10% off of your order. Once again, that is posterburner.com forward slash BGM. Regardless of the podcast service you're listening through, be sure to show your support by leaving a rating and a review, especially if you're listening through Apple Podcasts. We'd also be grateful if you could drop on over to our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com forward slash leveldowngames and subscribe to us there. And if you have not done so already, while you're at it, hit up twitch.tv forward slash leveldowngames and click that follow button. We are not live often. I say that all the time. If you want to f- follow someone that is live every single Tuesday, every single Thursday, and every single Saturday or Sunday, that's twitch.tv forward slash Bruce underscore deduce. B-R-U-C-E underscore D-E-D-E-U-C-E catch him streaming a multitude of different games but as of recently it's been all world of warcraft classic all day every day and again remember to check out that charity event september 21st and september 22nd that's actually this month we're already in the month of the charity events that's gonna be neat stalking us on social media is perfectly acceptable twitter instagram and facebook will be a place to do so check the description box for the appropriate links 
Next week, Frank, I want to explore a soundtrack that we've played several pieces of music from throughout the entirety of its life cycle because there's been several expansions to this particular game. But just last week, World of Warcraft Classic came out and the hype, the fervor, the fanfare, the excitement that's been surrounding Warcraft once again. I want to take advantage of that and I want to play some music from World of Warcraft Classic. We're going to come prepared with 16 different tracks and I want to ask you now, I'm going to leave it up to you. We've played a couple tracks from World of Warcraft Vanilla, which is classic, before. Are we allowed to pick from them again? Is this an episode where we can make an exception, yes or no? I will allow it, just because you want to capture the magic that actually is the original, you know, Vanilla. Okay, there's only one track I can think of that uh, I think definitely deserves to be played again. So we'll, we'll go ahead and allow repeats next week. So again, next week, we'll be taking a listen to the World of Warcraft classic soundtrack, which uh, if you want to play with me, I'm currently playing on the Pagel server uh, on the Alliance side. And I also have a Horde character on the Fairbanks server. So you can either take your pick. I'm not on the Horde character often, but I am on the Alliance character pretty much all day, every day. <laughs> uh, Brian, Brian, I have a question for you before we go, though. Yeah. Why didn't the warrior cross the road? No path available. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I'll be here all week. Taking us out of this episode once again. <laughs> we have Mr. Reuse, the master magician from Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney Spirit of Justice, composed by Noriyuke Awadare, as everything was on this episode. And we took a deep dive into his category of music. It was a lot of fun. Thank you so much, Mr. Noriyuke Awadare, for giving us all of this excellent music and continuing to provide so much enjoyment for all of us in the gaming industry. Keep the music playing and keep it loud.